Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk management. We're going to talk what it means to a electrician when you're working through, let's say, becoming an apprentice, moving up to a journeyman, and then become a master. What does it mean? Um, now, I reflect back on God, it's over 30 years I've been in this trade. And uh, back when I started, back in, even back in vocational school, uh, I remember that, you know, well, the first thing in my mind was, you know, I'm going to get a trade and I'm going to make money because I wanted to make money. I watched my brother make money and he was an electrician. I'm going to make money. Uh, then I kind of fell in love with the trade. And next thing you know, I started exceeding and uh, above everybody else. And then the next thing you know, I started excelling at it and started getting recognition for it, winning contests, VICA contests. And I was like, it's a pretty good gig. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it was about bringing convenience to people and doing it in a safe manner. Uh, and of course, making the money wasn't wasn't that bad either. But what I learned early on in my career, now, lucky for me, I've kind of always been in a management position in the electrical industry. Um, if you think about it, uh, and it'll kind of talk about management and what you should think about if you're an apprentice and a journeyman, and even what a master should think about in their trade. And again, incidentally, this this podcast is part of our leadership series uh, that we have for the Certified Master Electrical Co-Professional Program. Okay, so it's kind of one. It's part of a series dealing with leadership and motivation and mentoring and what have you. So I'm kind of thinking about back when I was, uh, you know, just learning my trade as a helper. I'd gone through the apprenticeship program and, you know, and, you know, I thought the next thing I, I thought about is that, you know, I'm just going to make some money. Uh, that's all I cared about. I was making money that this is, you know, this is a pretty good gig. You know, at the time your helpers were getting 12 13 $14 an hour or whatnot. Electricians were getting 35 40 You know, this is back in the mid 80s, I guess. And, you know, I was like, this is a pretty good gig. And so, like I said, I, I started moving up the ladder, if you will, uh, because when I was in high school, I attended a vocational school. And unlike some of the, you know, the way they do them today, back then it was two full years. And, of course, um, you went every day. And for me, uh, I took a lot of early morning classes in summer school in order to be able to free up my time to work at the KTEC is what they used to call it. It's the Charlottesville Alamo Vocational Technical Center. And I kind of sparked up a friendship with the guy that was ahead of the electrical division. And next thing you know, I'm excelling at it and I'm competing all around the country and I'm winning the VICA contests everywhere. And, you know, it was a pretty neat thing. Got to be kind of known in my, you know, my city area, I guess, in Charlottesville, known as, you know, somebody that's a mover in the, uh, electrical industry, um, I was able to come across some, you know, some great uh, electricians that I worked with and it was able to, you know, give me some mentoring and I learned the different trades as I was moving on because um, for me, uh, it was all about what I could learn and what knowledge I could pick up from somebody else and I'm never, ever, ever stopped learning and to this day, I, I never stopped learning. So anyway, I started with my brother, and we opened up an electrical contracting business, and it didn't take me too many years for me to realize that it's not always the easiest thing in the world for brothers to work together. I get it. Um, amazing electrician. 
uh, mentored me a lot. I like to call him uh, uh, an electrical MacGyver because he could, you know, he could literally fix anything, make it work. You know, I really, you know, didn't care much about the code, although he knew the code. He just didn't really care too much about it. Um, you know, you, you do certain things so often, so repetitious that, you know, as long as you're compliant with the code at the time, and as long as you keep doing what you're doing, then you're not going to have any problem. But when a code change comes, uh, then you got to be prepared for it. And of course, that was where I came in. I was always up on the codes and everything like that. So for me, I've always been in a leadership role at some point, whether or not it was, you know, when I was 19, 18, 19, being a co-owner in a company uh, and uh, starting out or uh, ultimately owning my own electrical contracting business for years uh, and consulting firm and other things like that. Ultimately ended up with the city of Richmond where I was, you know, the engineer two or over top of uh, plans examiners and in the over top of the, uh, really over top of the inspection division and all this kind of thing and did all the training in-house and whatnot. And then I ended up in Alexandria, Virginia where I was a, a over top of a code supervisor over all the electrical inspectors. And of course they were you know, multi-trade type of inspectors, okay, um, not the most appealing thing. I like to be over electricians, but anyway, there's three of us and we we're kind of over the old, the whole inspections division, but my focus was fire alarm guys in electrical. Um, so I was running that, managing that as well. So ultimately I ended up at NEMA where it really wasn't a management role except for the fact that we managed our own time, traveled around the country, sat on different committees, different boards, uh, really, it was a matter of just having our face out there because we were the face of the manufacturer. I really, that's what it was. Um, the manufacturers paid our salary. Uh, they all paid their dues to NEMA, and that's how I got paid. So if there was a problem anywhere with any issue, I made sure that I was involved in it. Okay. Uh, there's four NEMA reps throughout the country, and, and that's their job is to, one, keep manufacturers happy, and two, be a good resource for the industry. Okay. They're a great resource. They bring a lot of training, a lot of knowledge. Uh, the four reps that they have right now are amazing. They do a wonderful job. And so it's Mike, Jack, Don, and, and um, Brian. And again, they're, they're strategically based around the U.S. so that they can meet the different regions. And their regions kind of correspond with the IAEI, that's International Association of Electrical Inspectors. So they're kind of in there. Each one of those represent a different region uh, and uh, they handle it in, in that area. If anything comes up, they're there. Um, and ultimately, I ended up at, you know, Encore Wire is, you know, because they had a need to develop a codes and standards division, again, a leadership role. Um, and I saw it as an opportunity to leave what I felt was a really, really, really good job at NEMA to take a job that was going to be a little more challenging in a sense that it was going to allow me to focus on the manufacturer side. And, and in doing that, when I learned the manufacturer side, it meant that I could focus on the National Electrical Code more, focus on training more, um, focus on specifics that need to make that company better as well and kind of get more well-rounded. Kind of was, you know, I know the NEC pretty well um, and or I know how to look it up pretty well. But... Um, I wanted to hone my skills in the standards world, and I'm still doing that. I'm still still really working hard at it. 
Um, again, I wanted to learn when it came to wire and cable. I wanted to understand UL4 for armored cable, UL1569 for metal clad cable, uh, 1277 for trade cable. I wanted to understand uh, all those aspects of uh, 493 for UF to 719 for NMB. Um, I wanted to be able to understand all the little nuances that were involved in that. Individual wire, thermoplastic, UL83. Uh, I wanted to be able to even know more about thermal set wire, which is UL44. And so I've engulfed myself in those things and to learn the different ULs. You know, and sometimes you get a number mixed up or whatnot, but, but you know what you're talking about. And, and so I've kind of delved into that. It's been about four years that I've been involved in that. Now, lucky for me, uh, Encore Wire pretty much allows me to do my thing, and they know that I have a private life as well as an Encore life. And uh, the two don't conflict, and I am blessed enough the fact that what I do in my private life really does help them in, their, uh, in the uh, codes and standards world. So, um, and then of course I bring being a you know master electrician for that many years, and I was blessed that early on in my career I got a chance to do a little bit of everything. I did industrial, I did commercial, I did pipe bending, I did large rigid. I've I've been in a situation where I've had trade size four rigid above my head, having to hold it up while somebody else is just taking their sweet time putting on that coupling. I have been in all those applications, residential, did a lot of residential. Um, Ironically enough, you could take a residential guy and teach him commercial pretty quickly. Uh, it seems weird that I can't take a commercial guy and teach him residential because it's not about installing it. Is they don't want they they look at that non-metallic sheath cable and go, what is this? This isn't a raceway. This is you know what is a cable? What is that? Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of dabbled in all of it, so I've been blessed in that area. Um, you know, I'm not ready to die anytime soon, but I, you know, I just think it was, you know, when it comes to leadership, I have always been in a role that's had something to do with leadership. And so there's a couple key traits that I try to establish. One is I'm always trying to improve myself, and every leader should. Um, again, leaders aren't born, they're developed, they're made, uh, they step up to the plate. There's followers and there's leaders. The world needs both. I got some people that are followers. They'll just simply, you say, do this, they do that. I know individuals that are in their 50s that are still apprentices or helpers, and they make a decent living, and that's all they want. And you ask them, say, do you aspire to be anything higher than that? And they look at you, and they go, absolutely not. I'm happy. And then you've got the leaders who constantly are moving forward, and they're never happy. They're never content. They're constantly pushing the envelope. And, you know, we need them both. We need both of those individuals. We need leaders and we need followers, okay, most definitely in this world. I've always thought of myself as kind of a leader because even with its Encore Wire or, or whether it's at the, uh, whether, I, whether I'm teaching at a university or teaching an apprenticeship program or whether I'm teaching trade schools, I've done that as well through the way, um, night schools, I've whether I work for the municipalities. At the end of the day, it's about taking ultimate responsibility for your decision, not being willing to pawn it off on somebody else. So leadership to me is to be able to make a decision when the decision time is critical, to be able to make that decision, have the wherewithal to do the research to be able to make that decision or have the experience to make that decision, and then ultimately, once you make that decision, stand by that decision. Don't pawn it off on somebody else. Don't make excuses. 
If you make a mistake, own up to it and move on. Um, I've seen quite a few leaders have a downfall because they simply can't admit that they made a mistake. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. There's only a couple things that I can tell you without a doubt I have done right in my life without a doubt. Uh, Obviously, the first thing was um, getting into the electrical trade. Uh, If you've watched any of my videos or you listen to any of the podcasts or you've been to any of my live seminars uh, or anything like that, you'll know that one thing that you can't say that I don't have is passion. I love what I do. Do I know everything? Do I forget something? I can wake up on a Monday and by Tuesday I didn't forgot something. Now I know it's in my head, but I forgot it and all I got to do is refresh myself because there's so much information that you try to learn and I try to steal as much information from other people as possible and use it for my needs. Um, that's why through the years I've hung around with people that I'm, I'm truly just so blessed to know. Um, yeah, there's just individuals like Mark Odie who I've been able to put myself around. I love him immensely. A wonderful guy. Uh, I've been able to be around Phil Simmons, who has I've built, I've walked on the shoulders of, of giants, man. Uh, Phil Simmons is a good friend of mine. Uh, we collaborate a lot, talk back and forth, have good conversations. I could just sit there and talk to him forever. I know people say that about me uh, a lot, uh, but you know, I'm just telling you that I got those same people, man. I got those people I look up to uh, in the industry who uh, I consider my peers. Um, it, it's just so many of them that you have out there uh, that you can uh, really learn things from to take you you to the next level. I mean, that's what it's all about. So ultimately, for me, being a leader is making the decision and sticking by the decision. But also, it's the research that goes into it. Most leaders over time will make decisions based on experience and research. And that's what a leader is all about. A leader doesn't make snap judgment decisions that could harm other people. You're a leader. You make decisions based on well-documented, well-founded information. And you carry that forward and you, you, you follow through with it and you own up to it. So when it comes to electricians and master electricians, journeymans, I think an apprentice if you have a bunch of apprentices on the job site, it's real easy to tell which one's going to be a leader. So I always used to tell companies that would come to me for consulting. And I would look at their company and I would look at their apprentices and I'd do some interview and I'd find out who the apprentices that seem to be doing the most work. Who are the ones that are more engaging? Who are the ones that don't complain the most? Who are the ones that seem to be always getting done on time? Uh, finish their task and come to you and ask for more things to do because they want to learn right? Um, I look for those and I say, you know what? Your master electricians and your journeymen need to foster a leadership uh, mentality in this individual because it's already there. You just need to nurture it because that's your next generation. That's your, when that person becomes a journeyman electrician, they are going to carry that torch and start leading. Now, obviously the leaders are going to be the best producers. You have followers are very much going to produce, but it's those leaders that are going to be the producers because they're the ones that are going to train the other people to follow within their mold. So I like to nurture that. So I would tell the companies, I'd say, look, you need to identify your leaders all the way down in the apprentice level. And that means you motivate them. That means you you build a culture, whereas there's constant learning. Uh, if an apprentice even thinks for a moment that, that he goes through a schooling and that he knows it all, then you've lost them. But if you constantly keep that carrot in front of them, they're going to constantly want to be achieving 
the desire to know more, to achieve more, to strive for more, to give them an understanding of what it means to be a journeyman, to give them that understanding of what it means to be a master electrician. She's, you know, I'm going to tell you, um, I kind of equate the concept of apprenticeship to journeyman to masters is the same thing you would see maybe in some kind of Masonic uh, concept where you have an entered apprentice, you have a uh, a, um, a, ma- a master, um, a fellow craft, and you have a master mason. And you got to learn your dues through the process, okay? So if I equate that, I really do. You can call it whatever you want. I really do equate being a master electrician as something unique and something very special. Um, it is, I, I like to say it's a master of sparks. It is a brotherhood. Now, I'm not talking about the brotherhood you get by being in the union or the IBEW. It's different. That's a brotherhood within a union. I'm talking about the general concept of everything that got started all the way back when we're dealing with Tesla and we're dealing with uh, Edison and all these type of things. The, the, the legacy that carries it forward, all the shoulders that we've walked on to get to this point. You're a journeyman. You're learning your trade. Is exactly what it is. You're a journeyman. You're walking that road. You can be a follower or you can be a leader. If I'm a master and I work for a company, if you have the mentality that you're not part of that company, that you just work for a company, then we're going to slowly have to weed you out. Because even if you're a master, you need to look at the overall big picture as if you were an owner. Because the joy of being a master is at some point you could be an owner. So the foundation that you lay now is going to serve you very well in the future. So as a master electrician, you should always be looking at the journeymen that are under you. You look at those journeymen and you try to identify who are leaders and who are followers. You nurture the leaders and you support the followers. The leaders are going to be the next generation of masters who have to have that same mentality to teach the journeymen. Now, it's simply reciprocal. If I'm going to deal with an apprentice, the journeyman helps them along and has to identify those people. The master is going to help the journeyman along. Okay. Once you become a master, at that point, you need to set an example of leadership. And that is always be willing to take the lead. Always be willing to step up in the crowd and say, I know how to do this. I've got the education. I've got the experience. I'll take the responsibility. I'll grab the bull by the horns. You look at your owner and you say, I've got this. Don't worry. I'm here for you. Now, the owner of the company will take care of you. They have to take care of you. If they don't, then maybe they are not worthy of you as a master electrician. And at some point, you'll either decide to go on to somebody else that is worthy or you'll start your own business. Okay. Another thing I talk about is that you know there are a lot of schools out there today who really are pushing kids to go to college, and that's fine. Uh, to everybody his own, for all those that want to, that's perfectly fine. However, that is not the road to end all roads. Uh, again, I know plenty of people who really didn't need to go to college. They barely got out of high school, but they did get out of high school. They learned to trade and they're doing very well in the industry. I mean, very, very well. What other industry could you actually go through other than when we say industry, we're talking about other trade industries. Um, as an electrician moves from an apprenticeship to a journeyman, to a master, ultimately owns their own company and hires other apprentices and journeymen and even masters to work for them. Okay, so it's a process. 
So leadership is what you make it. Again, as many people have said before, I don't rehash all that, but you know that you're not born leaders. I hear people say he's a natural born leader. No, no, that's that's not true. There is very many people in history that were very shy, that didn't like to lead, that ultimately came out of their shell and became really amazing leaders, inspirational type leaders. Okay, so for all those apprentices out there, be a leader, continually move forward. Press your journeyman that's above you or press the master that's ahead of the project to give you responsibilities, to let you learn something. Get your hands dirty. Learn something. Go outside of your comfort zone. Pick an area of the National Electrical Code, for example, that you find complicated. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Okay? Tackle it. Okay? There's many years that I really, really stayed away from hazardous locations uh, until I went to some meeting one time, I guess about five years ago or six years ago, whatever, yeah, late in my career, and I listened to Mark Odie and other people talk about it, and I said, you know what, this hazardous location stuff's pretty simple. You know, whether I'm dealing with uh, Class 1, Division 1 or 2, or Class 2, Division 1 or 2, or Class 3, Division 1 or 2, it's all encompassed right there in 500, 501, 502, and whatnot. So it's right there. There's no need for it to be complicated. Chapters 1 through 4 apply generally throughout the entire code, 5, 6, and 7, Modify 1 through 7. Keep that in your mind. And remember that 8 is a standalone. However, it will make reference to chapters 1 through 4 where applicable. So, think of all those things. And really, you take your knowledge to the next level. So, people ask again, uh, do you necessarily have to go to school? There's nothing wrong with college. Absolutely not. But I also know plenty of engineers who make a lot less than a lot of the master electricians I know. Now, you might say, well, manual label versus kind of, you know, designing drawings. Well, it just depends the person. There are plenty of people who do not want to sit behind a desk. There are plenty of people who want to get their hands dirty. Okay. Well, there's a lot of master electricians who can actually go to the next level and become a professional in their industry, and then they get more of a higher level supervising role within a company. Okay. They're the go-to guy. That's the whole concept of the Certified Master Electrical Code Professional Program. To take your knowledge to the next level, the master electrician can get to that next tier, constantly testing them, constantly expanding on their knowledge. That's what the concept. I sat there for many years wondering how to do this, how to build the next generation of leader. Uh, And that leader is going to need to know the National Electrical Code very well because with companies that have project managers and things like that, if you do something wrong or you don't understand the code, then you end up doing something twice. You got to remember that electrical inspectors, they a lot of times didn't even come from the electrical background. They might be in some other background and they took a test to be an electrical inspector. That's no dig on an electrical inspector. Obviously, they have to do continuing education. They have to get a lot of training. They have to attend some classes to understand electrical principles. And, and then they actually learn the NEC. They don't have to worry about the stuff like bending raceways and all that stuff that we learned back in school. They're fast-forwarding it to the code portion. So if you're an electrician from apprenticeship program or you're somebody that learned in the trade and you're one of those leaders and you're moving up, remember, the electrical inspectors are going to be right there with you. They don't need to know how to bend conduit. They don't need to have anything to do with that. They are focused on the NEC, a safe installation. So you need to step your game up because if you do something wrong, and let me tell you, I get thousands of calls a month 
I mean, they just literally come in from home or my answering machine or my tech. Well, I'm going to say calls. I talk about overall. I get calls. I get calls at work. I get calls for people that have questions while I'm with Encore because you can call me for anything, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to just be wire and cable. Um, I get text messages, calls, emails on our website. I mean, I get it all. And ultimately, these are questions that you could have answered by looking in the National Electrical Code. So when people say that they got an apprenticeship program and they're they're good, they don't need any extra knowledge, then I'm wondering why all of these calls come in. Okay, It's all about taking your game to the next level. But for me, when I look for a leader, I'm looking for somebody that's going to step up and solve their issue, not just call somebody to get the answer. Now, if you really don't know, I'm going to help you out. I want to train you. I want to teach you. But when you contact me, maybe you should try to tell me what section of the code did you think applies to your question. And then I'll respond back and say, you're absolutely right. Or I might respond back and say, you're absolutely wrong. So a lot of times through my career, I'll send things to NFPA, informal interpretation, or to other people. And especially with NFPA, they're really sometimes nervous to reply back to my responses because they don't know how I'll use their responses. Um, and I do this to all of them. In fact, there's a lot of times I'll send an email and it'll be kind of a cryptic email because I'm looking for a certain type of response. Now, I don't need that to be an a-hole. That's not what I'm doing. Um, and I never would say something really hurtful or harmful to any of these individuals. I would not use their name. But when I do this, I'm trying to formulate a balance, maybe an article I'm writing or maybe something I'm doing so that I can see where somebody's at because I want to make sure that the article or the lesson is the best it can be. I want to be a leader in that aspect of it. I don't want to be a follower. I've made that choice. Again, we have leaders and followers. I want to be a leader when it comes to the electrical industry. So that's where I've positioned myself. And as I move into, into my 50s, you know, I, I think about the next generation that's got to come. The next generation of leaders. The next code people that are going to step up. And we all have to work together. We're, there's room for all of us out there. And I just think it's an amazing time that we live in, uh, that we can do all this and we can share it. We can help the other leaders and other uh, journeymen's, master electricians and apprentices to learn and take their game to the next level. So leaders, take responsibility. Step up to the plate. Accept responsibility for a decision that you may make, even though ultimately that decision may not be correct okay um, yes understand that there will be followers and you kneel you still need to nurture the followers but we want to try to pull out the leaders and again leaders aren't born leaders are made ultimately the situation is what turns somebody who is passive into aggressive and they become a leader they're willing to step up step out of their comfort zone and go to the next level are you that contractor are you that guy who will sit there and even though I've got five guys around me and I'm going to spit out the answer and I don't care if if I'm wrong because I think I'm right. Okay? That's a leader. A leader is willing to step forward and take the risk. Okay? All right. So anyway, that's kind of the concept that we, we developed here. Um, you can learn about the CMECP program if you're a master electrician. It's only open to master electricians uh, we're going to have a whole series of leaderships, motivation, um, why you're doing what you do, what you need to do. We'll even have some uh, podcasts and videos on advertising tips and whatever it takes to market yourself better, to market yourself as the leader, 
many people re- remember that years ago, and I guess it's close to 10 years ago, that I helped start something called the Eaton Certified Contractor Network. And that was a certification based on the use of a specific manufacturer's product. In other words, we teach you all about the product, the benefits of the product, uh, all of some of the ancillary products that go with the, the main products, some you know, surge protective. We taught this whole concept in order to create a certification program so that the electrician could stand out amongst the crowd. That he could literally say that I am an expert in this area of the product that I use. And that's an amazing thing. So we are going to offer some types of training for the CMECP program that is an exclusive to them. And we're hoping to partner with manufacturers to bring that training to us exclusively in our portal. Uh, so uh, that's in the works. And that's something I probably shouldn't have told everybody, but that's there. My goal is to create a concept in the CMECP program that de- develops leaders. And I would like to see everybody be a leader, even though we need followers. Because you know what? Even a group of leaders can all work together. And we can accomplish amazing things if we all work together. So look inside your company. Look at how you develop it. Inspire your masters to look for the leaders that are developing within your journeyman. Then inspire your journeyman to look for the leaders that are aspired to be leaders inside of your apprentices. Nurture that relationship. Take care of those leaders. Look for those individuals that aren't slackers, the ones that stand out. But don't forget the ones that work day in and day out. They're simply followers, but they need to be nurtured as well. They need to be developed because you never know, one day, that follower might step up to be a leader. Okay, So you got to take the time to develop within your company and look and see what's in the landscape. Well, folks, that's our little motivational minute today. I want to kind of, I said minute, but it's 30 minutes long. So anyway, I hope you got something out of it. Again, I moved through my career. I've always been a leader. I continue to try to be a leader. Do I falter at some times? Absolutely. Uh, But we're all human. We all constantly move forward. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there who's been listening to all of our podcasts for years and all of the videos and the great support, the, the thousands of emails that we get, the encouragement, the letters that I get. I literally get letters. Believe it or not, people actually take the time to sit down and write letters. I get emails. I get text messages saying thank you for helping you take your game to the next level, for helping you pass an exam. It just means a lot because that's the whole goal here. I didn't get into this to get rich. I certainly ain't rich. I just love what I do. So until next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. And you know what? Search for the leaders inside your company. Until next time, take care.